Welcome to Bat Therapy, the psychology of Batman, superheroes, and other comic book characters. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in the cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We are your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado Keaton Hopkins. This podcast is about providing education and understanding and is not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. All right, so today we are doing Marvel again. We're really sorry. It's We're not sorry, okay? No, y'all, we're not right. y'all listen to those too, and we, we really appreciate it. And I've... I need to be better at sharing. And so we're going to do Marvel, but it is actually an interesting character. We're exploring the Punisher universe, which I've always appreciated the Punisher universe because there's not TikTok dances or fart jokes or it's gritty. Blood and gore and death. Okay, yeah, there's that too. There's yeah. that, but also gritty. That's like that's the good way. That's the good way of saying something's dark, right? Like, oh, go. it's it's, gr- it's gritty, which is it's funny because the only two times you use those words, it's like either you're talking about a movie or a book, like man, that was gritty, or you're talking about the filling of sandpaper. I was about to say, or you're talking about sand that got in your sandwich at the beach, right? Like, oh. <laughs> 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 that's what's wrong with the punisher he's just too too gritty but we're we're talking about dr krista dumont yes so this is season two of the punisher tv show that we're specifically focusing in on and dr krista dumont is a psychologist so yes. they, see, they a lot of times throw in tons of psychiatrists it seems like but this time it's a psychologist I was able to creepily zoom in and squint really hard at my giant TV (laughs) to look at some of uh, what she had on her walls. Uh, So it looked like, well, she had a bachelor in neurobiology, which is a, was very specific for a bachelor's, but go you. Yeah. What? Yeah. I didn't, I've never heard of that being like an undergrad degree. (laughs) Me neither. Me neither. And it was her organization of, of her degrees was kind of weird because above that was her fellow in psychology, which would be at the end of her training. And I couldn't see what her other certificates were, but she did a fellowship in psychology. It means she went to grad school and did internship and, and completed her psychology uh graduate school stuff so okay. we have a psychologist with this one is there another field she could have gone into with that bachelor's degree oh yeah there's tons of stuff she could have gone into okay okay i just that just seems extremely specific for a bachelor's degree like i did a bio i i, I majored in biology and i came out knowing a lot about photosynthesis but i also mm-hmm. knew a lot about cell biology i also knew a lot about anatomy like it hit all the little corners and then you do your masters where you specialize and then you realize you right. don't know anything that's at all that's where you would expect the yeah yeah you yeah. wouldn't you think the bachelors would be a little less specific. Who know? Who knows? People, <laughs> you know, people write these things and they do silly stuff. At least they they 
they came out with psychology in the end, which does make sense with what her character does and whatnot. So it was nice to see another psychologist, albeit one that once again sleeps with her client. Okay, Same old story. That's, that is just one issue. Oh yeah, like, that's just one issue. And you know her her character, which by the way, if you want to, you can watch this. Uh, Punisher is now it's not on Netflix anymore. It's on Disney Plus, which, which is fantastic. Is fantastic because in my mind, all I can see is like the Punisher skull with like Mickey Mouse ears on it. Like <laughs> I just <laughs> I I I want that on a t shirt because. That's the reality now. Like, yeah, so when Disney officially got all their stuff back, now Deadpool's on Disney Plus. Yep, <laughs> like, yep. Logan, all the hardcore <laughs> comic so book good. movies are up there. And it's like, oh, man, you know what? I feel like watching Blade right after I finish up 101 Dalmatians. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, good, good times on Disney Plus these days. Uh, <laughs> yes, so I, I love the skull with the Mickey Mouse ears. It's a great visual. Yeah. Yeah, she she's yeah, there are many there are many situations. Okay, let's just say this is not an ethical situation going on. And it's once again, you know, the same old plot line of yeah, we're gonna have the therapist sleep with their client because we just kinda keep playing the same old tune. But there's actually a lot of cool stuff that goes on with her character and she's so she's the therapist for Billy Russo, who's kind of turning into Jigsaw, and he's dealing, he, he had a traumatic brain injury, which traumatic brain injuries have, there. there's a huge range of what can happen with these. But based on what they describe, it's a severe traumatic brain injury. He was incapacitated, had to relearn how to do a lot of different things in life versus you can have a most, actually mild to moderate TBIs, you recuperate within a few weeks to a few months, and you don't have memory issues and other things that continue to come up later on. But for him, there's a lot of that stuff that can continue, and um, he's got some emotion regulation stuff that's going on. There's a lot happening. So she works with him in the hospital for a number of months, and then, you know, as as it always goes, he then escapes finds her at her place and she says yeah i'm not gonna call anybody i'll just help you out here yeah it was one of the things they did really differently in this tv show how they did billy russo because in the in the comics billy russo was like a hitman for the mob and then the punisher fights him and throws him through a glass window and his face gets all messed up but in this he he was a soldier with yeah. Frank and like they he ended up being the one responsible for his family getting killed and Frank like runs his face over like broken glass it's really brutal in that first yeah. season and I'm like man I can't wait to see his messed up face in this second season and then they show it and I'm like oh he's still just a hot dude with a cool with some cool scars now yeah. so, so instead of being a hot dude now you're a hot dude who has scars on his face even hotter <laughs> <laughs> that was I, I struggle with that a little bit because okay here's the thing if you ended up with scars even if you were still good looking i'm sure i'm sure that that you would still zoom in on that and it would be hard to manage but the way Absolutely. that he has trouble processing it and the way that he like he wears a mask over his face for months doesn't let anybody see him and this that and the other 
you expect a lot more disfigurement or, and I apologize for those out there who have been through this sort of thing. If that's not the verbiage you prefer, I apologize. But, but you, you expected more damage and I was actually kind of disappointed because it, it felt like the Hollywood, we're going to kind of pretend that we're pulling for this, but not truly delve in, which yeah. to me is kind of insulting to people who actually have had that level of damage happen to them because, oh, heaven forbid, it shows up on the television. Right. We can't we can't have her hooking up with someone disfigured, right? We're not really disfigured. That's what it felt yeah. like. It felt, it it felt it really feel weird, that way. especially knowing jigsaw from the comics like jigsaw from mm. the comics is terrifying like honestly he kind of looks like did you ever see the child's play movies the chucky doll in the later movies where he had the yeah. stitches on his face and stuff jigsaw looks terrifying sometimes yeah. half his eyes hanging out of his head and so i was disappointed with how they did him here so didn't she give him the mask i couldn't figure that out uh so so what i could figure out was that there's they they go they kind of go through space and time a little funky at times so you start off with seeing him in this mask that has this cool artistic kind of look to it and it's got some patriotic colors on the sides and stuff and then later you find out that she worked with him and talked about you know with trauma what can be helpful is a lot of times having uh, the patient or the client depict on there what they would like the world to see on on a mask for themselves. And I've I've also heard of, you know, you have a poster or you create a shield for yourself or this is actually something that, that a number of therapists do with folks. I don't know if she gave him the mask. And and I don't I don't know how I feel about the fact that he was wearing the mask for so many months. I, I'm not I mean, on the one hand, if that's the only way that he could be willing to fully connect with people, I understand, you know, meet people where they're at. But it, yeah, it seemed like this huge barrier that was there for this whole time. So I, I don't know if she's the one that gave it to him. So I do, I think she is just because he okay. was basically strapped down and arrested. And I know that while she was trying to start treating him to deal with the trauma she helped him with by i think giving him the mask which was gonna that brings me honestly to my first question for you one of the things i was wondering because it, that seems like such an interesting thing to do and i wonder if other therapists looking at that would be like yes that's the perfect thing to do or if other ones would say nope I would have never done that because mm. it's, it's, I guess the thing that's interesting about therapy is when you're dealing with people's minds, you can approach it any way you want to. Like, it's not like yeah. a well, broken, it's, yeah. but, but it's not like a broken arm, right? A broken arm is like that arm is broken right there, but mm. the mind is so much more difficult. I mean, it is a maze with valleys and roads that mm -hmm. need to be fixed like there's well there's... and also the question of is this something that needs fixing or is this a societal oh we see this as different but it's not technically wrong that's or wow. broken see yeah that's another that's another good point mm -hmm. no one's mm -hmm. no one's gonna argue about if that guy's arm is broken or not like no it is definitely mm -hmm. broken mm -hmm. but like approaching him i feel like if you put 30 different therapists in a room how many different approaches would you have 
is there a wrong, I know there's plenty of wrong ways to do it, but at what point does someone step in and be like, this is the right way to do it, right? Mm. Like, how's the protocol? Yeah. So, so this is where the research comes in and, and there's, there's actually a little bit of conflict within therapy at this time where some people are worried that the art of it has gone away in and, and been replaced with too much structure. And, and so let me kind of describe this. So we, we started with really helping people process and build insight and really exploring the psyche. And then we've had a lot of research happen. And research is not perfect. That's why the information changes over time that scientists and physicians, et cetera, et cetera, provide to the public. It changes over time because research, none of this can be perfect, but it's essentially a way of trying to standardize things to see, okay, if we went this approach versus this other approach versus no approach at all, for example, what comes out on top? Who seems to improve the most? Or is there no difference at all? And so these are the ways that we've come up with a number of different protocols that can be useful. The, the tricky part being is you can't I would argue even with, say, surgery or setting an arm, there's still a skill set to it. You're not going to get it exactly the same every time, but the variability within the actual physical contact with the treatment probably has less variability than when you're doing talking treatments with someone or you're doing things that interact that have to do with how you think, how you feel, how you behave. It's a lot more complex. So even within this, it can be kind of hard. So all this is to say, she does a lot of stuff that I see common threads that the people I know who specialize in trauma would say, yeah, I'm on board. I was a little bit, I had a little bit more of a question mark in terms of her rehabilitation psychology side. So rehabilitation psychology is more the medical framework that you would expect based on the fact that he had this severe TBI. He's trying to be able to to function well again and just the processes with that. You said TBI? Uh, traumatic brain injury. Okay. Okay. So when it when it comes to the rehabilitation side, it was a little less clear. Like someone's coming at her saying, he's faking. He's faking the fact that he can't remember things. Yeah, Madonna, gosh, she was pressing that hard. Yes. Here, here's the thing. You have a guy who has that history, who's probably under lock and key, given the criminal side of things, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Right. They'd be doing memory testing on this guy. They'd be doing a lot of different assessments to see his scope. And there would be what we call validity tests within that to look at what what's his level of motivation seem like. Does it seem like he's actually trying to remember, trying to improve versus is this something where he might be hiding something or or there's something getting in the way that you wouldn't expect if it was a purely physical healing process. So there are certain kind of things from the more cognitive end that I'm not sure what she did because she kind of deflected those questions, which to be fair, the person asking her wasn't on his healthcare team, so it was none of the business. But her trauma side, I would say, was actually pretty good. She was trying to get him to process his nightmares. She was trying to help him manage his emotions better. My question mark with the mask is sometimes what's difficult is how do you help someone 
take a step toward healing versus do it, what we call a safety behavior, which is okay. you essentially you have a safety blanket kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. where a kid has a safety blanket, but at a certain point, it doesn't make sense to have the blanket anymore. And you have to make sure the kid can move on from that point. So it's the same kind of thing where with safety behaviors, you have to be careful. So let's say someone doesn't feel safe leaving their home. So they always go with a friend that they have. Okay. That's not sustainable over time. Right. That friend can't always be with you. So we have to kind of be careful with, okay, what is something that's helping me move toward healing? Was the mask to help him be able to connect in a way where he was too shut down otherwise and it was a step toward growth? Or did it actually delay his process of being able to take in his new face, essentially? That's the question I don't really know the answer to. That's a that's a good point. And then the the thing is too is the, and this is another level when I like when I was going back to what I was talking about the variability here when you're dealing with the mind, not mm-hmm. only are you dealing with what you do know, you're also dealing with a whole lot of what you don't know. Like yeah. what are they repressing? What is actually the loss loss memories they have? Mm. What is it that they're keeping from you? Like it's mm-hmm. going going back medically. It's like if some an X ray would reveal just about everything. <laughs> an X ray MRI, right? You're going to reveal everything. However, physically, however, right? however, even we we oversimplify and overly black and white the physical side. Right. An X ray tells you a lot. It doesn't tell you that person's experience of pain, for example. Right. So one of the things that happens with this, unfortunately, is medically we actually see that that women are not given adequate pain management, particularly women of color, a lot of times. And it has to do with the fact that certain things you can't just screen for even when it's medical uh, that experience of pain or the experience of the injury, even when it's something supposedly purely physical, there's still this psychological, more complex component to it. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. That is that is true. So yeah, I did. I'll I'll I will backtrack there. But yeah, I the the thing is like I don't even know where to begin. Like, how does someone even begin when someone's dealing with? memory loss like I feel mm-hmm. like that's that's a whole nother level of pro is there another level of professional that has to be brought in when it comes to memory mm-hmm. loss because I mean she did have a bachelor's in neurobiology so <laughs> hey that would help that would help there we go uh, you know the uh, understanding here's the thing so it definitely helps to have some background in these sorts of things there's a lot of places that could be coming from so the way the way i kind of see it and i was kind of talking related to this earlier is when you have someone who's had a severe traumatic brain injury or something like this a lot of times you do have specialists uh they're usually in neuropsychology or medical psychology that work within the hospital system, work within the healthcare systems usually, and their focus is helping people to be able to manage the physical medical issues. So helping with, okay, how can I how can I think about this? How can I process through it? But also how can I adjust things in day-to-day life to either help with healing or help with management of what's going on? Like there's cognitive 
behavioral therapy for chronic pain, for example. There's rehabilitation psychology, like I was mentioning before, which works within kind of a lot of these areas, very similar to what he would probably need. Someone who literally couldn't leave his bed for a number of months and had to relearn so many things. So a specialization in that or neuropsychology where you have a good understanding of the brain can be helpful. But but the thing to understand is that memory loss can come from a lot of different places or not remembering can come from a lot of different places. So for example, she hits a lot on repression with him and not remembering. And I think even in her notebook, you get kind of this flash of it at Mm -hmm. one point. Yeah. And she says she's not really sure where that's the memory issues are coming from. Is it the physical injuries? Is it the trauma that's happened? And so psychological trauma and repression and probably honestly, it, it might be a combination of both. And also some of the memory issues they kind of hint at him having in the present. So there's one point he asks for Advil or something for a headache mm-hmm. and she gets him some and he takes right. it. And then a few minutes later, he asks for it as if it never happened. So it could be a brain injury, which uh, I'm not so sure that's what necessarily was going on there because he doesn't seem to have that consistently happening and you'd expect it to kind of be more consistent that he's having trouble with retaining that information over time. Mm -hmm. It can also happen with just really intense emotional situations. You struggle to remember things. It's kind of like how when you're stressed and running around and you're you're trying to race to your car, that's when you can't find your keys. Right. Because right. all that emotional elevation, it can actually impact your memory, your ability to pull memories out, but also to create new memories because you're so elevated. You're just so feeling so intensely. And so that there definitely seemed to be a piece of that with him too. So a, a lot of trauma uh, experts would be able to to work within that piece. Gotcha. And honestly, she is definitely a a trauma expert. You know, I feel really mm-hmm. bad because I was rooting for her. Like I was, I, I was, know, I was too, really, actually. really rooting for her because you get her backstory, which is of course yeah. filled with trauma, and she more or less she became a therapist combat what she grew up in and what yes. she dealt with, but it's. But she she got too close to the sun because I I I know that she had one one quote in there because there was a story about how she found a bird and it was injured and the dad was like it's not gonna make it why even mm. try and she proved him wrong and got the bird back to health and then it flew away a week later and one of her quotes in it she said it given enough care and love even the most lost cause can thrive so that was super eerie for me yes because i also had something growing up where i i got literally the lost cause came up as as you know i i grew up in a fairly religious background you know did a lot of christian retreats and mission trips and this that and the other and i was on a mission trip and we were in another part of the United States. And we were going around and talking to people about Christianity and also just, you know, trying to give a a person forward representation of the religion versus, you know, a lot of times there can be kind of that traditional stuff and just trying to talk to people person to person. And 
me and a few people, we went and we were talking to these other teenagers around our same age. And all the all of our other group was waiting for us. And the minister actually pulled pulled us aside and said, hey, we should really go. These folks are a lost cause. And it irked me so much to hear someone, especially in that position, to call people a lost cause. It stuck in my head all these years. And when she said that, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, what did... I, in a church, in a in a church setting, what does that mean? Like, up, oh, don't, they're just going to hell. Like, is that what they were saying? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh my I don't know. God. But that. <laughs> that's, but that's, that's but that's the thing, horrible. right? Is it is, and at the same time, people do, and and I don't think these kids were on any level near what Billy Russo was. They were the probably record. listening to they Blink were... One Eighty Two and eating Doritos <laughs> after midnight. <laughs> probably smoking weed they weren't murdering people right uh, so so Lost there, oh god but, but that's the thing is is yeah that i think that might be a common thread with a lot of us i guess is just that pull to help where other people see a lost cause but you know i'm not gonna lie as soon as she said that line though i was like uh oh <laughs> Oh, but I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, and what does that name tag say? Does that say Harleen Quinzel? Does it? Let me <laughs> let me take a look. Because as soon as she said, I'm like, oh, I like this. Because in my mind, I'm thinking about comic book Jigsaw. I'm not thinking mm. about this in this Marvel TV show Jigsaw. Like, oh, maybe he can be redeemed. I'm I'm thinking, nope. He can't be. This is going to go <laughs> really, really it's, bad. And she says several quotes like that because I, I like yeah. made sure she, because there's a number she's like, if we can't find the best in others, how can we hope to find it in ourselves? And I'm like, this sounds great on a poster. <laughs> it does. I, one of the things, though, in this show that kind of irked me about her character and Russo's character, who turns into Jigsaw, is. They talk out of both sides of their mouths quite a bit. So she says all this about Russo. And then she, I mean, at this point, she's in love with him and she's all enmeshed. And this is why having these other relationships interwoven with your client is not a good idea. She shifts away from that because whenever she talks about the Punisher, she doesn't want to see him as someone who can be redeemed. Because that gets in the way of Billy Russo moving on. He says the only way he's going to move on is if he can get true revenge on this guy. And so she has to do a lot of uh, twists and turns to kind of talk outside, talk through both sides of her mouth uh, yeah. when it comes to some of this. But yeah, I mean, the the truth of the matter is, is that I've worked with people who've killed people. I've worked, I mean, I've worked with plenty, I've worked with a number of people who have killed people in war, not in war, meaning to, not meaning to. I've worked with people who have done other things that people might see as worse or, right. you know, there's, and, and I'm not going to go into details here because I also don't want to accidentally trigger people or anything or, you know, divulge stuff, but life is ugly and you know, one of the most complicated things, though, is I've yet to meet a person who's just purely bad, who has only done bad shit, who doesn't right. care at all about anyone. I've, I, 
I know some people are in a different kind of setting and they might see people that verge toward that edge more. But honestly, for most of us, even these people that we see as really, really terrible on the screen, there's a lot of gray. And I think yeah. they, they're doing a better job in movies and TV with showing that nowadays. And and they did they did a good job with with that with that too because she you can tell she does deeply care about Billy Russo but at the same time it's like ah uh, this is where you're stepping out of line yeah. like when when she helps him essentially when she helps him escape like that's when like when she doesn't scream and alert the guards or anything like that the woman should have hit that panic button right because <laughs> the first time the first time i feel like she should have known that oh this is a serious issue is when he's yelling at her and the two cops come in and he beats the hell out of them mm -hmm. at that moment it's like okay just remember you are like you're you're working with someone that is dangerous like it kind of reminds mm -hmm. me of how those stories where people adopt big cats for pets and it's like look <laughs> it's my pet lion and and it's like yeah yeah it's like yep i raised it from a kitty and yep. it's my pet lion it'll never hurt me and everyone else is looking like yeah that's a lion don't take my dreams from me, Keaton. <laughs> right. I mean, Symbol was great. Symbol was great. Why was <laughs> he great? Because he ate bugs. They completely shifted his diet away from human meat, right? <laughs> but like, and but every time, there's always people in the corner like, yeah, that's a lion, and that's going to go bad. That's what went through my head when I watched it. She's like, oh, he can be helped. I'm going to save him. Everyone can be saved. And then you just see him beat the hell out of these cops. You like, know what went through my oh. head? And actually, I think I wrote a note to myself. Uh, let's see. She was calm with his aggression. And I was impressed with the fact that she she, she essentially was trying to do de-escalation with him. Where you, if someone meets you with aggression, if you meet them with that level of aggression or higher, then a lot of times they're their emotions are already getting real ramped up. So they're going to edge up and just keep, it'll keep going up and up and up and up. Do police Versus know she, this? <laughs> they, I mean, they, they do. It, the the <laughs> different police have different levels of training, but there there is some mental health crisis training and whatnot. But it, it's tricky though, because they have a different, they have a different role than than she has right. and it, it's it's tough because their main priority is the safety there and and they have different tools and sometimes those tools are necessary but sometimes it's hard to kind of figure out okay when do those tools maybe amp someone up even higher right versus and and so that's what that's potentially why she wasn't necessarily hurt Yes. Like the police, she didn't have the, she wasn't amping him up in that same way. And she also, if I remember, she didn't even, she asked them, she told them she was fine. She's like, don't come in. Like, I think she even yeah. tries to say like, no, everything's cool here, but they, no, it's And not. it's tricky. It, it, these, these situations are, are very complicated, but I was impressed with her approach with things and, and agree with her that he was getting... He was getting triggered by a lot of things going on. He wasn't trying to actively harm her or even the police. It seemed like it was just happening. Yeah. 
And and that's the thing is is when your when your emotions get to a certain heightened point, the frontal lobe where you your higher order thinking, your problem solving, your essentially humanness happens, it's shut off. Yeah. That's that's not where the activity is going on. It's all those parts of your brain that are just fight or flight and get through the situation, survive what's happening. Mm -hmm. And so she was trying to kind of bring him down from that, which is probably why she said, Hey, give us space, give us room. Right. And he just, yeah. And he just kind of did what a soldier does and just, it kind of just kicked in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I really, I really hated it because like watching her story, I loved everything she was doing. I'm like, man, this chick's a badass. She really yeah. knows her stuff. She yep. like she had a superhero origin story. Like she she's like, I'm gonna she fight did. the yeah. good fight after mm-hmm. all this bad stuff that happened to me. And it just And then she, they ruined it with having her sleep with him. Yeah. And the thing so, the thing is I I hated it just because I feel like they got to the point where they're like, okay, we got to make him a criminal again. What do we do with her? Mm. Let's have her sleep with him. I'm like, but she seemed, she seemed too professional to do that. I, I, I don't know. I wasn't a fan of it. I didn't, I just, I felt like she did it right. She, she was doing it cool. She was making the right steps. She wasn't afraid of him. He was making progress. And then it was like, actually, he escaped and she helped him. And now she's like, just worried about his safety. She's so worried. Oh, and now they're they're sleeping together. And 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 now she's attacking an agent. Yeah. Even if they had. Oh, and that last episode with her, all of a sudden she turned stupid. But anyway, she (laughs) she was so. I'm rolling my eyes, everyone that's listening. (laughs) (laughs) It was a big old eye roll, too. Yeah. It, yeah, she all of a sudden got stupid and made herself super obvious. It was weird. But yeah, e- even if they had done the ethically questionable, unethical stuff of, okay, he escapes, she helps him, she doesn't turn him in. I, yeah, I could have bought all that and and you could still see her as, okay, this wonderful therapist who is questioning the lines of legality and ethics because what might be help this person heal the most and that was so much more intriguing of a concept uh, than oh wait she's doing it because she loves him and he reminds her of his her dad it's like come on but aside from all that i i do want to strike the chord of i totally agree i love that they showed We've talked about this in in a past, at least one past episode. They they showed a flawed therapist. They showed yeah. someone who had her own mental health struggles and things that she still struggled with. She could she could barely approach windows. She get this like vertigo thing going on. Yeah. It seemed like panic stuff happening due to her own trauma. And I loved that because actually one of my passion areas is the fact that. Honestly, within my own field, we're pretty terrible at supporting our own people, our own people training in mental health to help others. We're bad at supporting each other in our mental health. We say, oh, no, 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 no. The mental health issues are for the the client, for the patient. And we forget that, hey, a lot of us actually are drawn toward this because we understand it. Right. And and I loved seeing that with her. Well, it's got to be... It's got to be difficult for you too, because at what moment do you finally do you are you not working, 
right? Like at what moment, <laughs> like, are you, are, are you like, okay, I'm off the clock. It's like, but your, your specialty is dealing with the mind and mental health and therapy. And it, it ends up kicking in, in every relationship, right? Like I'm sure, I'm sure there've been days where you have gone into a restaurant and got bad service or got talked too rudely or something. And something probably went through your head. Like, I wonder what's going on with them. Right. Yeah. Right. Like it just, it, I, or I think, man, you're a jackass. Right. Like a, <laughs> like a mechanic walks away from a car and he's off work, but mm-hmm. your, your specialty and, and what, what any, anyone that deals with the human mind, like, I feel like it never actually, stops like you're all you're always kind of on duty even in personal relationships and I kind of understand what you mean though when you talk about like therapists not getting the mental health support that they need and honestly I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's because someone that isn't a therapist looks at you and it's like that's the goal right (laughs) like man that's the goal to have my mind figured out and have it all together. And it reminds me of, uh, I was talking to a a friend of mine and she, she asked me, she said, is there such a thing as good mental health or is it Mm. something that you just try to attain? And Mm. I was like, that's a, that's a really good point. I said, because in my mind, good mental health is just simply the awareness of it. Mm. Like being aware, like, Oh, I'm emotional right now. This is mm-hmm. temporary. This will pass. But she said that it seemed like an unattainable goal for her because in her mind, there mm. is no such thing as perfect mental health. You know, I don't I don't know if there is such a thing as perfect mental health. I, I think it depends what your goal is. So, yeah, it's it's tricky because, you know, we we have all the time people come in and they say i want this stuff to go away and 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 certain sometimes maybe we can make certain things go away but if let's say it's something like anxiety okay well let's take all your anxiety away <laughs> well i mean then you know you're hiking and a bear jumps out in front of you and i'm fine <laughs> yeah that's not going to turn out too well for you give unless... me five yeah yeah <laughs> so you know, it's it's tricky. We we're not meant to always feel pleasant. Our bodies aren't made that way because they need to respond to the environments we're in and be able to help us through. And you're and you're right. I I, I agree with you that it's a lot of it is about understanding and trying to know where that's coming from and and help yourself manage your own reactions. Because, yeah, I think even healthy people just have their things that they get stuck on. And uh, I think there are health or I was just going to say healthy. I think there are lucky people out there who just have less of that stuff come up for themselves. So, you know, we we run the gamut in terms of just how much each person uh, might be dealing with. But, yeah, I, I think reaching for perfect mental health. I I'm a hundred percent with your friend. That's that, that just seems like setting yourself up for failure. Right. 
theory, there's really no such thing. That's why I said that my definition of, of perfect or good mental health is just being very self-aware. Like just yeah. knowing that, oh, I just experienced a period of psychosis and now mm-hmm. I'm recovering from it. And now I'm going to yep. practice my mindful nerd moment that I learned from bat therapy. And like in my mind, that's that is what good mental health yeah. is. Because imagine let's let's take that example. Imagine someone saying for me to achieve success with my mental health, I never I never experienced that psychosis again. Well, you can't control everything about your brain right. and you can't control everything about your environment and, and things happen. And so, yeah, I hate, I just hate seeing it when not only is someone having to deal with all the stuff that's going on around them, that's out of their control, but then you, you can inadvertently end up beating your own self up for those things, which then just kind of makes it all harder to get through. So yeah, I I like that where it's okay, it's not so much what I go through means success or, or failure. I hate the word failure, but uh but it's more how I respond to the to everything. Yeah, I like that. Do we have a mindful nerd moment? Let's do it. Okay, so here's the cool thing about today's mindful nerd moment. Ooh. Uh Dr. Dumont made this super easy for me. So in season two of The Punisher, she's working with Billy Russo. And as we've been talking about, uh, hopefully you've been listening. And so (laughs) when it comes to some of the times that he, his emotions are starting to overwhelm him, he's having more trouble. She talks to him about finding five blue things and listing out five blue things that he can see. And she actually like goes around and you know, at points kind of like lifts it up or whatever. So I thought our mindful nerd moment could be imagining ourselves as Billy Russo slash Jigsaw working with Dr. Dumont, getting overwhelmed and practicing the five blue things. All right. So as we always do, I'll have you just sit comfortably straight, but not stiff. And If you're comfortable with it, closing your eyes. If not, just softening your gaze, not looking at anything in particular. And at first, I want you to just focus on your breath. Don't worry about breathing anyway in particular. We're just focusing on the inhale and the exhale as a way to focus in before we start our mindful nerd moment. And I want you to picture that you're Billy Russo. You're sitting with Dr. Dumont let's say this is in in the hospital. So before a lot of this other stuff happens, so you're in this hospital room with Dr. Dumont and you're just getting really overwhelmed. You all have been talking about the nightmares you've been having. You don't like talking about it. You can't remember more than, than you've already said. She's asking you to keep repeating yourself and you're getting flustered and frustrated and just things are amping up. And Dr. Dumont says, tell me about five blue things in this room. What are five blue things that you see? So in your mind, I want you to imagine you're Billy Russo and I want you to pick out your first item, your first blue thing. And when you do so, Dr. Dumont goes over to that blue item and touches it to help you focus on that first blue thing. Now you go to the second blue thing. And when you list that second blue thing, she walks over, she motions to it to help you focus on that second blue thing. Now, 
you focus on a third blue thing. Now a fourth blue thing. And finally, a fifth blue thing. Dr. Dumont thanks you for pointing out those five blue things. And you sit there for a moment just noticing how you feel now versus how you felt before looking at the five blue things. Before we stop this mindful moment, as Billy Russo, as best you can, in this moment, congratulate yourself because this was a tough moment. And even the seemingly simple things are hard in these tough moments. You found the five blue things. And when you're ready, shift back to focusing on your breath. Take in first, first a few breaths as Billy Russo. Just pretend you're still in that hospital room for a few breaths, breathing in and out. And then shift yourself, your mind, and your body back to where you are as you listen to this podcast. You're back to you. Breathing in, in the space that you're sitting now, and exhaling as well. And when you're ready, opening your eyes to finish the podcast. So what did you think of Dr. Dumont's five blue things? So I actually, I, I did the exercise based on my surroundings and nice, yeah. I had to be careful not to get distracted just because like I'm in my man cave, if you will. Yep. And it's just really cave. cool things, right? Like, like my five mm -hmm. blue things, like one was the Triceratops on my Megazord. One was Optimus Prime. One was <laughs> the DVD case of my Smallville box set. Nice. Uh, one was a logo of the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> they really need a lot of help. And then another, the f fifth one was my uh, one of my Gundam model kits that Love I built. And I'm like, man, I'm, those are really cool blue things. Like I was, mm -hmm. it was... <laughs> I, yeah. I kind of got a like I kind of just like man my life rules like that's how hey, <laughs> that's where look, I went here's with the thing it. so people uh, when I work with folks I always talk about aim for fun and funky don't don't do the exercise just to do the exercise and keep it bland and boring right do the yeah find the things that make you smile that make you go hey my life's pretty awesome here yeah the things that'll draw you in yeah those a lot of times those are the things that work the things that are unique to you your quirks that kind of draw you in make you giggle that stuff's perfect yeah but i also i also thought about like how good that would be if i was in a place that i was unfamiliar with Mm -hmm. like i would yeah it's it's just i i feel like this might be one of them i might overthink <laughs> a little bit like I go out in the forest and I'm like find five green things I'm like really did I really just do that like did I like let's change it to gold so I can completely lose until it hits fall right like <laughs> 
I mean, it's true. Not every, not every exercise, not every skill is going to work in every setting. But I really like, <laughs> I really like this one. Like this is one you could do with your toddlers. <laughs> yes. Well, and here's the thing. So sometimes people will say, oh, that seems kind of easy or simple. Or sometimes things seem like it's for a kid. But guess what? When when we're doing things for kids, we're simplifying it. Right. We're keeping it simple, something that's easier to focus on. And we all have moments that we just don't have the bandwidth. We're too hyped up, we're too amped up, and you need something simple. So yeah, the the and, and absolutely, this sort of stuff works great for kids too. Nice. Thanks for nerding out with us. I'm clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown. Find me on social media at Crafting the Mind. And I'm comic enthusiast and professional nerd Keaton Hopkins. Check out my TV and movie reviews on YouTube at TeamJBS. Check out our website at bat-therapy.com, our Bat Therapy YouTube channel, and follow us on social media. See you next week. Same Bat time, same Bat channel.